Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Leslie Hassler. Leslie is a dynamic author, speaker, and business strategist guiding women-owned service-based businesses into more profits, cash flow, and success. Business owners come to Leslie seeking a way to strategically scale their businesses richly, stop the money leaks, and get back in control with confidence. Using her more than 12 years of experience in business, finance, mindset, and more, Leslie takes multiple six- and seven-figure businesses from cash-strapped and struggling to profitable and thriving with her unique scaling-rich method. Her genius has also been featured on stages, podcasts, and publications around the United States. And I had the pleasure of knowing Leslie since 2014. We were both in a mastermind together, and we reacquainted with one another at the new Media Summit recently that was hosted virtually by Steve Olsher. So I am so grateful to have you here, Leslie, and looking forward to diving in. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, and howdy. I'm excited to be here. All right. Well, let's dive in together, Leslie. What inspired you to step into your own ownership of business and help other women-owned service-based businesses as well? Were you always entrepreneurial or did you come from a corporate background or did you have your own lemonade stand when you were like seven years old? (laughs) Tell us a little bit about what got you um, inspired to be who you are today. You know, I probably am one of those people that was always born to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to totally date myself and talk about my first selling ventures. Reselling ventures were jelly bracelets and teddy bear pins. And that was in elementary school. So I scrapped up some money and and bought them because they were the thing that everybody wanted. And then I would re I don't even know if I was reselling them in the playground or in the back of the school classroom. I'm sure either one was frowned upon by the administration at the time. But you know, I, my parents had businesses growing up, and it was really kind of a their journey was they were either in business, or they were having a job, and they just seemed to flip flop back and forth between the two. And they had one that was just, it really was making a difference in our lives. And I remember back then we could go on a road trip. We could have McDonald's on a Saturday. I mean, it's small things, but big difference for our life. And through a set of circumstances, um, they wound up having to file bankruptcy. And that was a point in time where I would mark it as saying the decline in my family happened here. And so at that time, I think I was about 13, I kind of said, well, business is bad for family. 
So I did not pursue that entrepreneurial drive for a very long time. It wasn't until, uh, so I was 20, 34, actually 34. And I was working in interior design and I um, was working for small businesses and I was doing a good job, but money was always tight in those businesses. And I was let told on a Wednesday, I wouldn't have a job by Friday. And so I opened up the first business that following Monday. So in that way, I started as an accidental entrepreneur coming into your biz rules, which is where I've been since 2014. That's much more of an intentional entrepreneur story. So it has been something that's been there for a long time for me. Nice. So let's talk about what happened when you lost your job, because I'm, I'm really feeling like there's some juice there, Leslie, mm -hmm. because I know in the last year, we've had a lot of upheaval socially and for anybody who's been in any kind of an office space. And this last year has been a real opportunity for people to actually experience a little bit, have a little taste of what it's like to have you know, to be working out of your own home. Yeah. And so I'm sure that there are a lot of people listening who are at least tickled by the mm -hmm. idea of, you know, what happens if I decide to leave. And in your case, you lost a job. So yeah. in your case, you know, you actually were presenced to the experience of you don't have sovereignty, you don't have control over your financial destiny when you're working for somebody else. And at any moment, the job can be gone. But you literally with, within a weekend were able to say, okay, fine, I'm going to set up my own gig. Can you talk a little bit about why you made the decision to set up your own gig, even though it was an accidental entrepreneurship, rather than go back into the marketplace looking for a job? I think at that time, because I worked for small businesses where it was like maybe the solopreneur and I was supporting that person, it wasn't the first time. <laughs> and it, it really wasn't through job performance. So I knew that. And I was just, I was like, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of doing a great job. I'm tired of giving my all. And then really, like you said, mentioned, not having anything to show for it at the end of the day. And so I, um, when I found out, I really, I go into these conversations with God moments where I'm just, you know, asking questions and listening and asking questions and thinking and feeling and, and just kind of very contemplative or meditative. But I remember at that time going, you know what? I like what I do. I really like what I do. You know what? I'm sick and stinking tired of getting fired. I'm tired of having to find a new job. I'm done with this. My kids were three and one at the time. And I wanted to be able to have more time and flexibility with them. And it just seemed at that point in time that the best answer was to hang, hang out my own shingle that I still wanted to do at the time what I was doing. And I was going to create an avenue for that to happen. So I did, I did, you know, I have a marketing background. So first careers in marketing and advertising. So I did a marketing plan, and, you know, kind of did some demographics studies, if you will, really elementary stuff. Starting day one, I started telling people I'd opened up my own business. We filed, you know, our escort paperwork and hit the ground running. And we actually started off really well. Yeah, nice. Well, and you know, I think that it's important also to underscore for anybody who is contemplating quitting or, you know, facing being fired that it is important to have 
some very specific fundamental skills in place or to access support for some very basic fundamental skills for running your own business, not the least of which is knowing how to sell and um, having at least some rudimentary marketing expertise. I mean, you and I share something. I sold 763 boxes of Girl Scout cookies when I was nine years old. (laughs) All the rest of the girls sold like 27 or 30 or 32. So the selling piece, I think, is a really important piece that a lot of people don't actually understand. And so, and what can happen then is that they can end up in what you said, you know, cash strapped and struggling. In your bio, we talked about being cash strapped and struggling. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, fast forward to now and the people that you're helping now, when you find them in that place of cash strapped and struggling, what do you see are the maybe the top three reasons why they end up there? Mm. So you actually alluded to one of the reasons just a minute ago. I think they've been trying to go it alone for too long. And one of my favorite quotes is, gone are the days that you can be successful in a silo. I think one of the best thing about being uh, women business owners and women entrepreneurs is that we are in this era of collaboration, of having mentors and advisors. And some days, yeah, you need to invest So you can stand on the shoulders of giants. So you short circuit that time it takes. You're going to pay one way or the other. You're either going to pay up front and with a little bit of cash that you're going to work on getting a return on investment, or you're going to pay in time. And right now, I think the the flow or the energy of change that's happening is happening at such a stupendous rate that you almost can't afford to take time. You almost can't afford to be the one that learns it all. So I think that's number one. I think the number two part of it is, and just like I did in my first business, I really created a job for myself, not a business. And that's very different. you know. And so there's this transition you have to come from finding your value in doing the work and understanding that your value is actually ensuring the work gets done. That doesn't mean you're always the one to do it. Again, I guess we go back to the having people to support you. The other part of it is, I think we get it trapped in the no trap too much, like we know. And especially if you've invested that time, you know, you've had some falls, some scrapes, some bruises and some scars. We all do. Right. And so we typically say, well, I know that doesn't work or I know X, Y and Z, but we're we've lost the ability to experiment and to see what might work and to understand that what we think will work isn't always what our client is looking for for us to provide. Mm, Beautiful. So I want to just reiterate that for our listeners. So the first thing that Leslie said is you can't be successful in a silo. And I highly agree with that. I remember when I stepped into my own entrepreneurship, I decided that it can't be that difficult to build a website. So I taught myself HTML. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, and so I think it's really important, especially for anybody who is thinking about building a service-based business, which nowadays you must be in the virtual space in order Mm -hmm. to be, you know, unless you're really highly niched, local kind of quirky service-based business, I would say the vast majority of service-based businesses, you've got to put yourself into the virtual space. 
And there is this dynamic that I experienced, and I'm sure that you may have as well. And I, I know I'm sure that my clients do. I'm pretty sure your clients do is where you're pressing your nose against the glass of the window. And it looks like it's so easy to do all of those things. <laughs> and then when you get into the behind the scenes, you discover that there are lots of bits and pieces that are required in order for the thing to work. So that's when it's important to have the capital and the cojones to invest in, in yeah. working with somebody. Would you say that's correct? Oh, I would definitely say that's a truth. And I think it, it plays out whether you're just starting or you've been in business for, you know, this one I've, we've, I've been running for seven years. We're just putting in stuff in the last six months. And that has been my biggest, my biggest blow away. I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for 14 years and I'm like, wow, I never knew that it required all of this and been happy to do it. But honestly, I've also invested to have people go, here's the curtain. Let me lift it up. Let me show you what all the pieces look like. So you're not guessing. If I guessed it, I probably would have done 25% of it and left 75% of opportunity on the table. Yeah. And you're also throwing spaghetti against the wall. If you yeah. don't have somebody, if, if you don't know what you don't know, you definitely want to invest with somebody who has gone a little bit further down the path. So the second thing that you said, which I think is really, really important, the first time I've actually heard it articulated this way, and I really loved it was I have experienced myself and I've had other people talk about, you know, leaving behind a job and starting your own business and actually creating a job for yourself, another job for yourself. Yeah. But I loved what you said about finding value doing versus finding value in the work getting done. And that's yeah. a really interesting distinction. And I want to pick that up on the other side of the break because sure. that was really powerful. And I feel like that's your big pearl of wisdom for our listeners right there. And I want to go a little bit deeper into that. But right now we are going to take a short break. So uh, Wickedly Smart Women, we definitely would love your help if you're enjoying the show and want us to stay on the air. Please consider making a donation at www wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also love to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your mothers, sisters, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so we can serve them too. I definitely want to say a huge thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We had a 15X spike in downloads just two days ago. So that was like, whoa, that's exciting. And a real sign that we are actually adding significant value into the world and into the marketplace. And so I'm really grateful to all of our new listeners. And we added nine countries in that gigantic spike as well. So welcome to all of our new listeners. I want to shout out this week to our listeners in Mozambique, Togo, and Bhutan, because I, I think those are three of the new, nine new uh, countries that are listening. And we will be right back with Leslie Hassler. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design? 
a life that is an extraordinary work of art. Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition. Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your Wealthy Life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. All right, everyone, we are back with Leslie Hasler, and you can actually find out more about Leslie and take the quiz at scalingrich.com. That's scalingrich.com. And you are going to find out about uh, what? What are they going to find out about when they take that quiz, Leslie? Well, you know, only about 12% of businesses ever really make it into this stage where they can scale profitably. So it's a quiz to see, do you have what it takes? It's going to tell you where you are in your journey, because it is a journey. And what are the things you need to be thinking about today so that you can keep moving along and realizing scalability and profitability and impact and all those things that you got into business for? Beautiful. All right. Well, we will have that in our show notes. So I want to pick up from where we left off at the break. One of the things that we were talking about is this idea of finding value doing, Mm -hmm. which is basically having your, you know, taking your business and making it your employer versus finding value in the work getting done. So I'd love to have you go a little bit deeper into your own personal, like come to Jesus epiphany. And then maybe share a success story about a client you helped to do the same with this very thing. Yeah, my personal epiphany happened in 2011. We were, my husband and I finally made the decision we were going to move from Houston to Dallas to care or be near to care for my mother-in-law who had dementia at the time, be a support system for my father-in-law. And so I was still working 80 hours a week at that time in my first business because I thought it was all about hard work. And as the owner, I felt like I needed to be working the hardest. So through the course of trying to move the city, run a business in another city, get one started in, you know, the new city, what I found is I couldn't work those hours anymore because I was either in the car or looking for houses or packing or doing all the things you do. And I remember about six months later in 2012, I was like, oh, golly, I have not looked at my books. I have not looked at my numbers. I know we have lost. You know, I'm sure we didn't grow. Just knew it. And I sat down and I was like, we grew 25%. I went, (laughs) what the H-E double hockey sticks have I been doing? Because here I am going from an 80-hour work week to a 20-hour work week. My company grew and it had nothing to do with me. Mm. Had everything to do with the systems and my team and and the procedures and every all the good stuff we had set up, but I had a hard time letting go. And so for me, after that point, I was all about how little can I work and you know, be able to still see that kind of growth. And the answer for me in that business was I could work 20 hours a week and still see 25 consistently. Um, year over year in that business. And that was one thing that enabled me to do this business. So my profits from my first business paid for the entire development of this business and every investment that I made. Um, And so it was that gateway for me. You know, conversely, this shows up just time and time again. One of our recent clients contacted
contacted us a couple of years ago. And part of it was, she's like, I cannot work anymore. They had a staff of 25, they're right around a million and what they're doing. She's like, I'm getting married. And I told my fiance that I will, I committed a month long honeymoon to him. Cause he's like, I never see you. So we're not starting our marriage off this way. And so we had nine months to basically extract her from being in the business. And a lot of what we were doing, and you know, her mom's in the business too, so she's looking to retire. So we're working with both of them for different reasons. And one of the things we had to do was help them let go in a way that felt safe, in a way that they felt secure. And so she goes on her honeymoon, she comes back, she goes, oh my gosh, you know that dread you have when you've come back from vacation and you're like, how many emails are there? And I was like, all right, I'll buy how many emails? She goes, there are 375. And I was like, that's not bad for a month. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so tell me. She goes, I didn't need to do anything with any of them. They were just about my team keeping me in the loop. She goes, that is amazing. I can think about different things. So there really is, that is a hurdle that I've seen that even um, starting my business, I would never have thought was there. But it shows up when you're really ready to scale. It shows up when you're nearing burnout. It shows up when you're ready to retire, maybe do something else with your business. Is that whole transition, that transformation needs to happen. Yeah, I remember after I taught myself HTML. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when I finally made my first investment in a mentor. I mean, I didn't even know they were available back then. Mm -hmm. You know, in Mm -hmm. 2007, 2000, I had no idea that that it was even available to me. I didn't even understand the concept of coaching and mentorship. Like it wasn't even on the radar screen, but I knew I was just you know, I'm just smart enough to be dangerous and not smart enough to be great at a lot of things. And I remember when I made my first, you know, five figure year in my own standalone business. And then when it was time to move into becoming a six figure business owner, I actually broke my wrist. I was was skiing and the mountain gave me a message and broke my wrist. (laughs) The mountain helped you out. The mountain helped me out. And I got very clear that everything that I had been doing to maintain and sustain a five-figure business, like 90% of it had to, I had to stop doing in order to step into the six figure range. And then I had the same experience moving from low six figures into mid six figures. And I know just because of the way the universe works and fractals that going from mid six figures to seven figures, it's the same kind of thing. What I really mm-hmm. loved about the client story that you gave is the words that she said is I can think about different things. Yeah. I really, really liked that. So let's talk about that third thing that you mentioned before we went to the break, and that's the I know trap. I want to talk a little bit about the I know trap and the loss of curiosity and wonder and experimentality Mm. and how you help people to um, extract themselves from that trap and recapture their experimentality. (laughs) You know, we, one of the things my clients love to hate to hear from me is let's prove or disprove. 
let's prove or disprove. The thing is, is the business owners know a lot about the business, but they're also really close to it and perhaps making judgment based on their past. I, and I'm sure for you, you do with your clients, we can come in and we just offer a clear lens. We don't have any of the story. And so to me, I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. Let's prove or disprove. And adopting that bit of more of a mentality is one of those things that helps you continue success. You know, just as much as the bumps and bruises can get you into the I know soaking success. And there's a book that's entitled What Got You Here Won't Get You There. That is one of the key elements that they look at successful people who struggle to get that same level of success. So you almost have to adopt this mad scientist. I always give everyone. Think of Albert Einstein, you know, what What would Albert do in this moment? And you have to experiment in order to understand what is working. Everyone, every listener has had some element of their, their life that they're right now could say, well, this used to work. Why isn't it working anymore? We just talked about that in the first half of our conversation, that speed of change and the speed of evolution that is occurring in business and in life. That's why it doesn't work. You're going to have to tinker to figure out what it is that does work. But that's what drives innovation. That's what drives new products that you just never could have imagined coming into your business. Yeah, beautiful. So I want to talk just briefly about the best people for you, Leslie. Mm. So where is an owner when they are, you know, multiple six figures, you know, you take multiple six and seven figure businesses from cash strapped and struggling to profitable and thriving. Like, how does somebody who has in their own mindset, the idea that they are cash strapped, and they look at their balance sheets and their profit and loss, and it looks like they're cash strapped, and they feel like they're struggling. Like, how do you actually support them to invest to work with you? Yeah, when they're facing in their own mind, this idea or thought form, how do you support them to move through that to be able to take the risk and to experiment and to invest with you? So there's two areas that they're typically at from a like a, a ticks and tax. So they're typically at that you know mid six figure mark, looking at a million, not understanding how they can get there. They're probably working hard and profit is maybe there, but there's not a lot of cash left over at the end of the day. Or they've made seven figures and they're really thinking about a job because they would make more, they would get to take off more vacation. You know, life feels like it would be less stressful. So they're typically in one of those two areas. The first thing we do with any of our, especially our private clients, our one-to-one is we do a business audit. And so I look at three years of business performance, sales and marketing, and I look for the opportunities to shake the cash tree in the business. Most of us have a lot of opportunity to produce some quick cash. If we do that, then you've got money to start investing. Then we're looking at short-term growth opportunities. And then if it makes sense, we work together on making the long-term growth forecast work. But the first name of the game is cash. You know, my goal when I come in is to pay for the investment of working together as quickly as I can, Mm -hmm. because if we can take that stressor out of the game, then you'll do more fun things, you know, and And be more willing to experiment (laughs) and be more willing to experiment. So I have a knack of creating change in a way that almost doesn't feel 
like you're changing anything. I just have that way of understanding my clients in such a way that I'm like, oh, by the way, do this, not that. And then suddenly they've changed everything in a year. Um, so that I make it a little easier than most people would think that it would be. But we always start with cash. Then we go to low hanging fruit. And then we really start working on exponential growth, um, which is a lot of systems process team. That's yeah, it. beautiful. Well, it's interesting, as you were saying that, you know, you have this knack, the vision that came in for me was a wave coming in and just eroding the sand. And then another wave comes in and erodes the sand. And ultimately, the landscape has completely changed, but it's been gentle and consistent. And so uh, hopefully that describes how working with you is like, and we are at the end. So I do want to make sure that everyone goes to scalingrich.com, take the quiz, and maybe Leslie can come in and be the gentle wave that completely shifts your business and allows you to scale up with grace and ease. And listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that for you in the show notes. We'll have Leslie's link for you in the show notes. You can also send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.